What caused 57-year-old Stephen Chandler to go missing? He was living in Yakima, Washington at the time of his disappearance. But his daughter Darla had no idea he had probably been missing for much longer. Stephen's daughter said that it became apparent something was wrong when she saw that her dad's bank accounts hadn't been touched in quite some time. She quickly filed a missing persons report. That's when authorities told Darla the bad news. Her dad hadn't accessed his bank account for over one year. According to Stephen's daughter, her dad suffered with mental illness and drug abuse, and even had a history of being homeless at times. Stephen also had a history of going missing for extended periods of time, but this time was different. First, I thought it was uh, months just because of uh, the mail that we'd received. We only had the last couple of statements, but upon uh, the detective going to the actual bank branch, it was, it was determined he hadn't used this bank account since November of 2019. And I know that I had seen him in January of 2020, so I'm not really sure. I mean, it's not logical, uh, but it gives me hope that he's alive. Um, he'll be uh, 57 on the 4th, uh, and the last I seen him was in Yakima, uh, January of 2020, just the first few days of the month. Um, but... As last known whereabouts were here locally. Uh, I was told he was saw at a wedding in August. Um, and that's the last confirmed sighting that we have. Um, he gets his mail at a friend's PO box and the friend had accidentally opened his bank statement thinking that it was his. And because of the uh, sum that was in there, he was really baffled and he saw that there had been no activity. And so he contacted me and then I contacted authorities uh, just because it's extremely unusual to not use your your only income. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I knew that something was definitely off. I mean, like I said in my post, he's always went missing for extended periods. And I wasn't too alarmed by that, but then just him not using those assets after we fought for so long to get him benefits, uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. But I also know that he suffers from mental illness, and so he could easily uh, have something in his head that just doesn't make sense in the first place. So, I mean, I can't think of any logical reason why he wouldn't use his finances, or anything. Despite Stephen's substance abuse and mental illness, Stephen was very intelligent. In fact, Darla said his IQ was very high. Stephen would give the shirt off his back to people in need. Darla said that Stephen was quick-witted and enjoyed telling stories about his childhood to others. Sadly, over the years, Stephen lost his short-term memory due to a car accident, and later he would begin to develop dementia. But Stephen seemed to be getting on the right track. Darla was able to get her father on disability 
to sustain himself while he was living with her. He was going to his doctor's appointments. Things seemed to be looking up for Stephen, or so it was thought. I can't say the growing up thing because I didn't grow up with him. Uh, we actually didn't have a relationship till after I was an adult, um, really. So, but he's just a very goofy person. Uh, he likes to joke a lot and tell stories about things that he did growing up with his friends or family. Um, he's very witty and intelligent. Um, as he's got an extremely high IQ, so he'll just rattle on about mathematics and, and things like that. Um, he's a very generous person. Um, yeah, anytime he sees anyone in need, whatever money he has on him, he always gives it away. Um, and just very kind, very thoughtful. Um, he'd be clean for a while and do good for a few years and then just out of nowhere. And, you know, around that time, he'd gotten his benefits. And so I wasn't surprised. Um, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he's got a very uh, aggressive uh, ego and, you know, he could have come into contact with the wrong people, you know, it's very likely considering his history. So what happened to Stephen Chandler? Many theories surround this case, Perhaps Stephen vanished on his own accord. Maybe he disappeared because his drug abuse got the better of him. Or worse, maybe he met foul play. Well, really, I think it could be any of those things. Um, He's kind of a wild card, you know. And uh, I've known him to hang out with uh, very shady people my whole life, you know, he used to hang out with the biker gang, the Hells Angels, and, you know, he's always been around a rough crowd, even if he wasn't living extremely wild, um, you know, they were just the type of people he gravitated to, and, I mean, I met some pretty decent people in those crowds, but, um, the people that I do know him to hang out with, I don't like them, uh, I've met some of them, and, uh, you know, just, uh, it's a sad scene. And, uh, I, the only thing I can think is that he prefers it because they, you know, they don't have a standard. Um, they're happy to live that way. And, uh, you know, and very, very much so it could be his dementia. I mean, he really doesn't have any short-term memory. He will ask the same question, you know, what's for dinner 15 times in a day, uh, things like that. He just can't remember, and he refuses to accept that there's anything wrong with him. Um, so, you know, it just, the whole thing is very complicated, and unfortunately, trying to advocate for somebody like that who's extremely resistant to... Uh, to accepting, uh, you know, reality, it doesn't help the situation at all, uh, you know, and he could just be extremely angry, you know, there's rumors going around between uh, our family members that, you know, he's 
disowned everyone. And I, I wouldn't put that past him either, uh, because I've known him to do it before in the past. But I just want to know that he's alive, and, and I want to know why he's not using his finances to get into his own place and get some kind of independent living with the system. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to end up in, like, a nursing home situation, but, you know, he needs help whether... He realizes it or not, or, you know, if he doesn't want us to help him, that's fine, but, um, can't imagine that he's possibly truly happy if he is out there in the circumstances he's in. Um, yes, very likely. I do think there is. Um, he has dementia. Um, he also has, uh, schizoaffective disorder and personality mood disorder. And um, so he sometimes will just shift and be uh, very agitated and whatnot. You just kind of don't know what person you're going to get. Um, he initially, when I was a kid, he was an alcoholic. And, um, you know, his life suffered greatly for that. And he lost all of his children. I have three half-sisters. Um, and because of his drinking and driving, he ended up losing them and spending an extensive amount of time, um, in jail. And, um, later on I found out he was using methamphetamines and of course, you know, I've never seen that go well for anyone. And with his, uh, his mental disorder, it really, uh, I mean, it's like a jackal and hide and just just can't be around him, you know. And so I kind of feel bad. Our last conversation was me telling him to leave because I don't want my kids to see that. And uh, I figured he was just upset, offended or whatever. It's not going to make sense to him at the time. And, you know, just wasn't going to come around for some time. We continued our conversation, and Darla spoke about outreach and advocacy for her father. Darla said she doesn't feel like there's been enough help in finding her father because of his mental illness, his criminal history, and substance abuse. And before, because I took care of him for years, um, but I have four children and a husband. I put a lot of strain on everything, and especially, you know, stipulation was he had to stay clean. He decided that he couldn't do that, so we asked him to leave. Um, but during the time when he was sober, you know, I tried working with the social workers to advocate better for him because he was going out independently to his appointments. But by the time he got back, he couldn't remember what had really happened at the appointment. So he wasn't getting... Uh, the proper care and follow-up that was necessary for his condition. And, you know, he, he felt lost. And I could see that, but he, he wouldn't say that out loud, you know. Um, but he seemed very frustrated. And, you know, um, from what I understand, I talked to the detective, and he hasn't been taking his medication or going to any of his physicians. And he had a huge variety um, for all of his <clears throat> issues. And he has not, he's not been doing anything that he was doing when he was staying with us. He just seemed to fall off the face of the planet practically. 
I mean, he's a human being, and, you know, I feel like the entire time that he's been struggling with his homelessness, which has been the better part of my life, you know, that there's there's been no uh, no real outreach that has impacted that community, you know. He's been friends with the same homeless people as long as I can remember, struggling with the exact same issues, and... It's it's just sad to see because yeah I mean he doesn't have you know status in the community or whatnot you know and it's just it is it's very frustrating going in circles uh, and trying to find somebody that you care about but no one else does you know and unfortunately with his history you know. So many of my family members have helped him in the past, and, you know, they're exhausted, and they're just done. And I felt that way many times, but I can't, uh, I need closure. I need to know what's going on and that he's either, you know, doing okay wherever, whatever he's doing. I hope he is, but, you know, it doesn't seem that way to me. It's not very likely. I, I was very reluctant to even create the post and stuff because it's embarrassing, you know, when you've had to deal with this the whole life. And, you know, it wasn't something that I wanted to put out there. I thought, man, I don't want everyone to know this about my dad. Like, even when, you know, he lived with me for so long, it wasn't something that I told anybody. The only people that knew were the people that came over to our home, you know. And, you know, I, wa- I didn't want him to feel like, demasculated because he was being taken care of by me and you know I just uh, the whole situation is horrible I just I just wish that it was normal and I never thought I'd ever have to go through this this doesn't bother me but the drug addiction is like especially in the town that I live in you know like, it's either one or the other. You're either, you know, straight and narrow, or you're a drug addict. And growing up with two parents like that, like, I've always set a very high standard for myself. I don't want to put my kids through that. And I don't want to round it. I prefer, you know, that they not really know about it to the extent that it's something that they have to personally experience, you know, at this point. Because when they would see my dad and he was high... And we'd have to ask him to leave, you know. My especially my second son, he just thinks he's totally out there, you know, because of the bizarre behavior he would exhibit, you know, and whatever poison he'd gotten a hold of, you know, and it's just it's just uh Oftentimes when interviewing families They will say the police are not helping as much as they would like. Such is the case with Stephen Chandler. However, police departments face challenges with budgets and staffing. There are 328 million people in the U.S. There are only 906,000 full-time police officers. And on top of that, the U.S. spends only $304 per person per year on policing, which isn't much money at all. Authorities take cases very seriously 
for those who are suffering with physical conditions, children under the age of 13, or where foul play is suspected. But missing people over 18 legally don't have to return home. They have the right to go missing. Additionally, authorities aren't able to share information about cases even with family members. In Washington State, for example, open investigations are exempt from public disclosure to anyone to ensure integrity of cases. I say little to none. Um, in fact, I've called the detective now four days, today, Monday, and then Friday and Thursday to leave him two new leads. Can't get him to call me back. He typically calls back a week later. Um, so extremely frustrating. I don't know who else to talk to. Um, I talked to him about getting him on, like, the Washington State Patrol, and he said, oh, no, he's on a statewide APB, or a nationwide, rather, APB, you know, if they see him or if they find the car that he was driving. But, no, it's been, uh, I feel like I've definitely done the majority of the investigative work, for sure, and thought about everything very thoroughly and, uh, you know, I'm not really sure where to go from there if I can't get him to communicate with me and actually take the lead seriously, um, you know, so we've had three and he's, from what I understand, only started the first one and I still haven't heard anything about that and that was early last week, so they put it on their website or not, but they tried, he tried telling me that, oh, there's a national ABB, you don't need to get a hold of Washington State Patrol, because I was just trying to get, get it out there more, you know what I mean, I'm like, nothing's really happening. Darla said that no search and rescues have been done, but she did say that some flyers have been made and she is looking into contacting other media sources and outreach organizations for help. No, nothing. Um, I just got a, someone made a, some flyers for me, so I'm going to get a hold of the coffee shop and see how much that's going to be. Um, my goal is to go to areas that I know he's known to frequent, and especially the areas where um, he's closely been sighted, um, and see if I can't distribute them uh, in those areas. But, yeah, I mean, the impression I get is based on my father's criminal history. I mean, he's been arrested uh, so many times, I couldn't even tell you. And you know, I know that the authorities uh, don't have a good relationship with him in the past. And so I feel like they're not, it's like he's devalued, you know. And I'm like, well, regardless of the things he's done, like, it's very hard to judge a, a mentally ill person um, on, on some of the things they've done, knowing that they really just, they're never thinking quite rationally, especially when they're not medicated and, you know, he's had a history of going on and off of these meds or they've been conflicting and, you know, especially when he's got multiple doctors giving him 
uh, different concoctions and throwing them all together. I mean, sometimes he'd be sick from the combination. So just, you know, very little help on, on every end. And I feel like I didn't have to come to this. I mean, I really tried to advocate for him after he'd left here. He moved to a halfway house for the homeless that's supposed to, like, integrate you back into society. And the um, mentor there that he had, you know, I told him where all the shortcomings were, especially when it came to his treatment for him, uh, for his drug addiction. And because he wasn't actively high, they wouldn't accept him. And, you know, I was like, he's been to treatment a handful of times, and nothing ever really come from it other than, you know, him going back into the same same routine, and I feel like, you know, there's a failure somewhere where people aren't following up and actually going above and beyond to see that these people are getting the help that they need or the support behind the scenes, you know. Stephen didn't have many distinguishing marks. He had no tattoos or birthmarks. But he does have a scar from a car accident from years ago that his daughter describes. Um, yes, he has a large scar from a vehicular accident that uh, starts at his left eyebrow and goes across the right side of his forehead into his scalp. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty extensive, so... A very obvious star. I asked Darla if Steve had gone missing in the past. Darla didn't have a relationship with her father until she was an adult, but she did speak of his past disappearances. Um, you know, I wasn't close with my dad, uh, growing up. And so I was used to not ever really seeing him. I, I never really saw uh, an issue with his drug addiction until I knew him really like got to know him outside of childhood and realized that he had an issue, which made sense to me at the time because, you know, he'd lost my sister who was extremely depressed. He didn't seem like he had any mental illness at that point, but I do know that, you know, long-term uh, side effects of drug use, you know, can become permanent. And uh, especially with that collision ever since the car wreck, which was ooh, 14, almost 15 years ago, you know, then then he became an entirely different person. Um and, you know, has no concentration. And, I mean, for the first year of him healing, I took care of him. And he literally just slept all day, every day. He'd only get up to drink water and go to the bathroom. And I would, uh, you know, take care of his wounds on his scalp and stuff. And uh, he, he's had some sort of sleeping disorder since. But he'll do that. He'll just sleep which is normally a side effect of, you know, the drug use, but he already had that side effect after the the uh, car accident. And just, you know, his life has been way worse since then. 
and it was pretty bad, you know, even the decade before that. But, yeah, no, he has went missing for long periods, but people have at least seen him and talked to him, you know, seen him at the grocery store or walking down the road, and that's just something that's not happening. Even the people, the shadier people that he hangs out with haven't seen him. And so that's where I'm concerned is that the, the neighborhoods that he's known to frequent, uh, he hasn't been seen at all. And that's very out of his character. It was a conversation that was difficult to have with Darla. But I did ask her if she has a message for the community regarding her father's disappearance, what would it be? I also asked if her father is listening, what does she want him to know? No, I want him to hear that we love him and we care about him and we just want to, you know, see his life change for the better, have a better quality of life and that, you know, it's okay to have issues in your life, but you need to kind of head on and and uh, take the help that is available, uh, and you know that we'll do our best to support him however we can. You know. Darla spoke about how she is coping with the disappearance of her father. Steve's vanishing weighs heavy on Darla, and it's something that she thinks about often. Especially with, the, you know, having a, a large family and whatnot, I try my best just to focus on uh, everyday, day-to-day tasks and making sure that I'm doing what I need to do. But I stay up, you know, thinking about, you know, where he's at and if he's with decent people or, you know. Thank you for listening to In Search of Missing in America. Stay tuned for our next podcast on Anthony Garfias. This podcast is not about a missing person, but rather a case involving murder. Murder.